1: It's time for counterculture.
0: Are you tired of how divided we are? Let's find the peacemakers. Think everyone is mean and selfish? Let's talk to those who are helping us all be more loving and caring. Think our culture is going downhill? Let's meet those who are helping us flourish.
1: And now your host, Jonathan Sanborn. And hello again. Thank you so much for tuning in to Counterculture. I am your host, Jonathan Sanborn. Am am I a broken record? I think I might be. I think I just say I just love what I get to do. I get to call up and say, "Bro" or "Hey, sister," and could you come on my show? I'd love to highlight what you do. And it's just that—that's what I get to do. This is counterculture, and we highlight the builders of compassion, the builders of peace, and the builders of our culture in a divided world. To be countercultural is going to be the might can be a hard road. Uh, the road of Jesus is not an easy one, but I believe I want to get, find those people who are doing that. And yes, and so now I get to have one right in front of me, my friend and fellow former co-worker, Barisha Black. Welcome, Barisha. Hi. This is so cool. I'm. This is a treat. Barisha's like like genetically engineered to be on my show. She is like the perfect person to have on my show. Uh, I she's a dear friend. I know her. She's doing exactly what the show's about. And for some reason, I just have not thought, "Well, I need to have Brescia on my show." And so, you <laughs> so forgot I,
2: about me. I did.
1: Forget. <laughs> I did. And it's just that's the bonehead I am. But she's very gracious and very loving and forgiving. But no, Brescia is an alumnus of the foster care system. Has spent 15 years and then aged out. Um uh she can tell her all her story, but she graduated from Cal State University. And uh, she's a child welfare consultant and trainer. She works with uh, she worked with foster care initiatives. She worked with Care Portal. She worked with. She currently works with the Trinity Opportunity Alliance, and uh, just a, a, one of the leading experts uh, of and the, of the impact of public policy in the foster care system. And has helped create several key programs for youth in the system. Are you still on the child welfare council?
2: I am. It's the Governor's um, Council for Child Welfare See, and Family Safety. Yes, I am. Still she's on, on that the calendar.
1: Governor's Council of Child, uh, Child Safety. And she didn't even mention this in her bio, but I remembered she was a recipient of the, the National Angels in Adoption Award Congressional. Congressional. Congressional <laughs> Angels. And she flew to D.C. and received this wonderful award. Just one of these amazing people. Brescia, thank you so much for being on the show.
2: Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> finally, I finally get to come.
1: she's like stewing, looking at my posts about the show. It's like that jerky doesn't know.
2: <laughs> I'm finally, invited to the party. <laughs> she is
1: nothing but parties on my in my life. Or yeah, don't don't be fooled. Okay. but so before we get into this your 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 story and your background and some of the things that are happening, we like to play our game called fake news. And I do know you, but not – I don't know all of all, – all, every part of your story at all. So I'm sure there's some great tidbits, maybe something that's true, not true. And I get to discern what is true because I know all things. I can see through. I am a study – a student of human nature. Okay. And I hope you don't believe me.
2: I'm going to test this out.
1: Okay. Okay. Go for it.
2: So um, let's see. Oh,
1: she's not even looking at me in the eye. So that means she's not going to tell the truth. She's full of lies. <laughs>
2: so we mentioned how I grew up in foster care, but also my mother was in the foster care system. Oh,
1: okay. Your mother's okay. in foster care? So.
2: And I was once a foster parent here in Arizona, licensed. Okay. And I was a teenage mom myself.
1: Oh, right. So three things. I, th- <sighs> I That's a good question. I don't think you were... A teenage mom because i think you were working for this so i i'm gonna mess this up and it's gonna look that i think you were not a teenage mom and that's the fake news
2: that is the fake
1: news i was all of
2: 32 when i got (laughs) pregnant that's right
1: (laughs) i good well then i do know something phew
2: yeah, I, w- I was trying. I was trying to get you, but it, it's hard to fool you. You do. You do know a lot about, <laughs> That's about okay.
1: me. That's okay. That's okay. No, it's um, it, a. It, there is a benefit. One, if I know you somewhat well, or if uh, I can see someone in there looking them in the eyes. I can t- <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, so let's just talk about your background, your story. What? What? Here you are today.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: A big deal. <laughs> But you didn't start it as a big deal.
2: No. Mm-hmm. Just I don't even know what I would say. <laughs> <laughs> I would even say a big deal. I, I just think I'm a pretty resilient person based on the experiences that I've had. Mm-hmm. Um, long journey of foster care. I grew up in California's system, not Arizona's, but um, so systems are very similar. And growing up without parents is really not the norm. So growing up in the system... Um, moving from home to home
1: can we just dive into that so you're you you were t- just do you mind what your memories are and the start starting how that where that came from i mean you're in los angeles area
2: yeah and so i entered at
1: the age of four, my sister was five and a
2: half. And it's funny because I always kind of had this memory of like a bus and then a police officer, ice cream cone. And next, you know, I'm working up in foster care. Mm. And so later when I got my original case and was able to kind of validate pieces that I, you know, put my story together. That was literally how we were removed from a bus. And the bus officer, I mean, driver called the police and we were going into foster care from that point.
1: Oh my goodness! Wow! yeah and so so you're into the system and you start and you didn't it's not like you you're suddenly in a foster family and then you age out you, you got moved around quite a bit.
2: Yeah, I was in eight different placements. Um, the journey was long, on and off, being separated from my sister. And the key for me was really us staying together because mm-hmm. my older sister was like my protector. I was like a nerd, and she was like the one who would fight people and help me. Oh, okay. right? <laughs> so I needed my older sister, but it was times, unfortunately, because she was special needs. Um, foster parents felt like they couldn't handle her behaviors. Mm-hmm. They would send her away. And she even felt like I was like the golden child that everyone wanted and they didn't want her. So it even kind of put a divide, which I didn't like, because even though my I mean, I had behaviors too. all kids facing trauma have behaviors. Mine were just internal versus external. And so it looked like it was easier to manage. But I needed support as well. And sometimes kids with internal behaviors get a little lost in the system as well.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And can you remember a point where he felt like, I'm finally settled in a home and this feels like home? Or did you ever have that sense as a child?
2: I think when I was with my sister, I was pretty content. I was ready, you know. And I was one of those kids that I was going to just comply, do it, make my bed, do yeah. <laughs> what I needed to do to not get in trouble. Can you talk
1: to my daughter, by the way? <laughs> <laughs>
2: and just get along right yeah. and so um when she aged out that's when reality kind of set in again because um there was no plan. There was no resources. There was no savings. There was no family. So then it's like, okay, where is she going to go in this world? We didn't even have cell phones
1: back then right. when I was in sister. Oh, my gosh, the dark ages.
2: <laughs> no internet, no, no cell internet. phones. Can I, you imagine? I,
1: I can't. That's scary because I'm older. <laughs>
2: so it was tough. And I ended up leaving that current foster home with my sister. And now I'm being considered a runaway, just adding labels easily to you know what I'm already going going through, and that just makes it even more challenging to find, like, that permanent home or adoption mm, mm-hmm, or permanency mm-hmm. because you have all these labels following you.
1: Absolutely. And was there – and and so you have these labels in a case file, and there's not like there's just this one case manager who's looking – you got probably get hopped around a lot, too.
2: Yes. High turnover with yeah. case managers still exist in, yes. in the system. Um, and so, yeah, you're and you're constantly getting – having to meet new people, kind of tell your story again, get people to try to understand you. So it's very difficult um, to manage. But I did um, – Finally, I got a new caseworker who met me, and I'm like, I'm going to be the easiest kid on your caseload. I'm just going to emancipate from the system, but I'm going to make sure I finish high school mm-hmm. so I don't need to go into any more foster homes. And so I thought she'd be like, okay, and just send me a letter. You're emancipated. No, she had a foster parent call me, and this from the that phone call was life-changing because this foster parent became my grandmother for life.
1: Oh, my goodness.
2: Happy ending. She
1: took so she just said, "I want her, w- whether she's eighteen or eight months."
2: Well, I was, yeah, I was like seventeen and a half. So yeah. who and she was seventy four. So who is usually signing up for a seventeen and a half year old? Right,
0: Se-
1: right. <laughs> We're not
2: real marketable out no. there. But right. I thank God she was up for the yes. challenge because she changed my life. Seventy year old amazing person. Amazing.
1: Oh. Yes. I don't think I – that's amazing. That is amazing. And I think we – but you're hitting at a key – a big issue in foster care Mm -hmm. is youth who are age out of the system. Yes. And so that's a common term that we use in foster care. We all understand what that means. But basically that means you're 18 – you become 18 and you're no longer a a ward of the – you're just kind of on your own.
2: You're considered an adult. You're an and adult. really, you have no adult behavior. <laughs>
1: right.
2: You have no adult savings, no adult job, or even the job experience or skill sets to manage and be on your own. Yeah. Look at the cost of housing. Imagine just being 18, and then you have to just go and get your first apartment. Who's right. going to rent Who's you? Gonna,
1: right, right. right. A car all there's yeah. so many aspects. how to do things, what do you do for holidays exactly there's so life much skills. Some, life skills, something you call up your you know could, how do you fill out this form you know you know things like that I you know
2: who's your emergency contact person? Right. I've known people that put nine one one because they didn't have someone, and that's so unfortunate. Mm-hmm. everyone should have someone that they could call in a case of emergency
1: oh, and so this this. Angel, this woman, this amazing lady. What do you mind saying her name?
2: Yeah, so it's funny because I didn't know her first name for the longest because you know we say grandma, we don't, you know, <laughs> elders, we don't say their first
1: name. Okay, but
2: it's Estelle Mitchell, and grandma Estelle. Yeah, I just believe she's really. Um, nurture my work in this field because I believe that every child deserves that love of a grandmother. Mm. And so that is what I advocate for. That is what I fight for. Let's not give up on our teenagers. They need you more than ever even though they're saying – they might be saying I hate you. But yeah. that's just them venting. They really do
1: need mm. you, right? So – and this is – I'll be honest. I get emotional when talking about this. Because, I mean my daughter's seventeen and a half. 17 and a half. And I am also aware of the relationship that she has with her grandmother, as well as the challenges of a teenager. Even in a in a, in a married home, it's challenging. And you throw in the the turmoil of foster care, and you throw in all that that you had to go through. And I just like, and that that's the beauty of it. That's the beauty of your story is God's protection of you, yeah. And that there and would prompt and work in the heart of Estelle. To say, this is a, this, a, this is a girl who could use your love, who needs your love. Yes.
2: Yes. That is. A be- and it's so funny. I, I sometimes share this, but prior to getting her phone call, I literally, I really didn't know how to pray, but I just tried to talk to God like, it's got to be something out there better for me. I'm like facing 18, yeah, like knocking down the door and I have no clue what to do with my life. Yeah. And then I get this phone call.
1: Wow. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh. Okay, so if you're just tuning in, this is Counterculture with Jonathan Sanborn. I have my friend Barisha Black here in studio talking about her journey out of the foster care system to become now a leading advocate and here in the uh, help, um helping to advocate for youth here in Arizona. And so I really appreciate you uh, sharing. Um, so did you ever connect with your biological parents?
2: I did, Jonathan. And I was able, my mom did grow up in a system, a lot of mental health, a lot of problems. So I really didn't have... Um, the <laughs> A good relationship with her and I had mm. to really develop strong boundaries even when it came to my parents and some of the unhealthy behavior. Mm. But I am very excited to say that my birth dad made tremendous changes in his life. He has been my example that people can change. Yeah, And he is living with me and he is really? 70 years old. Oh my goodness. And he is an amazing person. He has made so many changes. He's an amazing grandfather to my son. Oh, People can choose. changed we just can't give up on people now more than ever oh
1: no that's a great story too yes (laughs) because um there's also a sense we love especially when you start getting these compassion for children you can create that the parents are the enemy Mm -hmm. and the kids are the victim and you create this dynamic and but you're saying there's also a story of redemption for parents
2: yeah, I mean, often it is cycles, and and they have a lot of untreated trauma as well. Yeah, right. And so, um, they needed support that they didn't get as well, and so you just never know when they're ready to change. And with that love and support, um, my father just really made key decisions, like, hey, I'm not about to lose my kids again, and. Mm-hmm. I'm going to change the unhealthy behaviors. I'm going to stop smoking. I'm going to stop drinking. I'm going to do what I need to do to be in my kids' and grandkids' life. And he has showed up and showed out. Mm. He is there for my friends and their kids. He is just grandpa. Yeah, he's (laughs) grandpa.
1: That makes such a difference, and I think yeah you know, that that focus on the larger sense of a family, not just yeah. the biological parents and the kids, but the greater sense and that that he could come into your life again is just another story of God's redemption. I love that. God I love can that. restore he can. all things. Nothing's and and, impossible. Yeah, no, exactly. And often the parents that have the, the trouble have their own trauma. You mentioned that that yes. they have their own trauma that they are, they've dealt with for.
0: Generations, Seventy or gener- probably. generations,
1: you know? not just not just their life, passed but that down. could be, de- you know, generation upon generation. And yep. I do think those cycles of sin that we all have yep. can be passed on. Some of them are different di- different than others, but but also there's there's redemption in that. It, yes. The cycle can stop. Yes, the cycle it can has be broken. Definitely
2: stopped here. Is my yeah. son. Won't ever know foster care the way I know it. Yeah. He thinks it's pretty fun and cool because we go to a lot of foster care events. But, <laughs> Let's yeah. See, yeah, he doesn't know the system that no. his mom grew up, grew up right. in, which was a little cold at the time. They didn't understand trauma. They didn't understand, you mm. know— not they were told not to attach the kids because they're going to return home. But you know, even if you have kids for a short amount of time in your home, you give them the most love that you can. You mm. plant those seeds, right? Yeah. Because you just never know how those seeds are going to grow. So you just do the best that you can with the time you have with them.
1: So that's what are some the advice that I think you could potentially offer, having been on both sides of the system, and since you're you have aware of the the system itself. You you live through it, and then you work with so many people in it. What would you want to tell parents that, or even someone who would be open to considering opening up their home or and their life to someone? Mm-hmm. What would you say?
2: So I, I want to tell everyone that there's something that you can do, mm-hmm. right? Um, and. We all know that, you know, giving to nonprofits resources and, yes, these young people need them as they're aging out and they right. need those supports. But I think something that I'm just really seeing that has even been highlighted during a pandemic is that so many of these young people are experiencing so much social anxiety.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: I just think, you know, the poverty of relationships that they're lacking, just having supports, having mentorship, having people to talk to and just listen to them. Mm-hmm. They really need people and. In their life. And so, even if it's not, you're not able to bring a child into your home, just consider mentoring, consider volunteering at a group home, maybe providing some tangible skills, life skills. Mm -hmm. If you're in finances, maybe offering some financial classes to kind of help them, you know, to prepare for adulthood or you know, helping them teach a skill or a life skill, a trade or something. We also, um, in my job with Trinity, we recruit employers that want to hire young people, that want to mentor them on a job, that want to give them that opportunity um and we train them on trauma as well and understanding how to work with these young people. So even if you're a business owner and want to hire and mentor a couple of young people, there's so much that everyone can do. And the more that it's relationship-based, what they're lacking the most, mm. the better. Because relationships is what heals trauma.
1: Yeah. That's really important because we often focus. Let's just say, example, we just watched the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. You think of the, pe- the players on the field. Yep. That are out there, and you think it's all about, them. but you realize how much goes behind all those players. There's the coaches, there's the the trainers, yeah. there's the, the team the, the approach. Team approach, yes. And we need uh, we need teams around children, yes. And whether whether it's grandparents or whether mm-hmm. it's uh, a, a, a an employer who can open up his his business or mm-hmm. or you know or what. Life skills you mentioned so many great things that are put, yes. that we need to to wrap around these kids and we all have something and, that, and that's yes. worth asking even our listeners, even we might be at a life stage where maybe we can't open up our home right but we can open up some aspect of our life and we all have some something to bring yes um
2: expertise to share we are truly better together we even have a bill right now that the young people um, fostering advocates have crafted it's SB 1325 go and support look it up give it a thumbs up give it a like but it's to increase subsidy so that they can be able to have affordable housing when they leave out of foster care they can have that rent support up into the age of 21 and that extra additional support that they need as they're going to college or they're trying to start their new first
1: job Mm -hmm. so
2: it's so Many ways to get involved.
1: That's so, expl- just explain a little bit about the SB 13, 1325.
2: Yes, uh-huh. it is um, a subsidy bill to increase. Um, it's we've had it for years here in Arizona, but we haven't had an increase. Um, and right now, it's about seven hundred and fifteen dollars a month. Well, we know that housing has just skyrocketed here in Arizona, yeah. and so um, we're trying to get that increase to at least twelve hundred and fifty dollars, I yeah. believe. So, so they could have a better, you know, cost of living um, to be able to be more affordable, right? Right. And so even with a roommate, that's still like just your portion of the rent problem right, right now for going for a two-bedroom, right? Oh, yeah. So the yeah. more support <laughs> they can have. So we're looking to get that passed this year to be able to help those that are aging out of the system and trying, you know, already struggling through adulthood, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. And that's just another, I mean, we all are aware of the housing costs on our own lives. But imagine someone who's in, in the middle of trauma, in the mm-hmm. middle of... Uh, Moving around, no or, transportation, or, or, no transportation, and trying to improve their lives, and then you you double housing costs or whatever, it's, and you don't get enough. You're it's you're 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 like already in the hole trying to dig out. Yes, that's, that's the starting right. point is trying to dig out of a hole, and so. I think that's really important. So, they, so how can they just do? How can they get learn about that? SB thirteen twenty five. You can go to
2: the um, AZ legislation, um, and you can pull up the bill number SB thirteen twenty five and support it. Um, and yeah, if you you know just want to support that bill, that'll be amazing. The more support, the better. It always looks <laughs> to our legislation. So yes.
1: So your faith informs what you do. You you're you're a Jesus girl, like, and I'm a Jesus guy. <laughs> And uh, so why, tell me what that means, how your faith informs what you do and what the church can do to get involved.
2: Yes. Um, it's just so important to have faith more than ever, right? Um, just believing um, in God, um, casting our cares on to God. So I'm really big too. I have to say like my thing this year is really self-care mm-hmm. because so often even those that want to help, we can help to where it's a harm, right? We're yeah. overhelping. We're impacting our health. We're not taking care of ourselves. Even when you get on an airplane, they say, put your mask on first before you assist others. Yes. And that's so important not to forget that. And also, we have a God where we can cast our cares unto him. We don't have to carry the weight and the burdens of the world because it can be very sure. heavy. Foster care is very heavy. It's yeah. very you know passionate about you know the care of kids and that they're getting their needs met. So just know that I'm always an advocate for taking care of yourself Self-care. knowing your capacity, right? Um and those things are really important. So my faith just definitely helps me in this work. During the pandemic, I actually became a
1: licensed minister. Really? Okay. I did. Nice. Fantastic. <laughs> that's No, that would have been a fake news. I would have Yeah, that's oh, great. Oh,
2: I should have put that
1: on there. <laughs> 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 fantastic.
2: I know. I, yeah. I love it. Uh-huh. I'm praying for people. I'm teaching Bible study. I'm just even doing more, and it's exciting to pour out mm-hmm. and help others. It just always is more of a blessing to give than to receive. It, it truly is. Yeah. I'm planting seeds in other people.
1: Well, Barisha, it has has uh, one of the more beloved people in, in my circles who's, uh just lights up a room and is bringing people together and just always been one who's just been a steady force in helping um in 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 helping to you know c- uh, help the church serve children, so back to the church yes. uh, what should church can churches be doing
2: so much we even have um a program a z one twenty seven where yeah. they can help come in um train foster parents in your church help you start a foster care ministry in your church um even if you have maybe a small church or maybe you don't have a lot of foster parents maybe you can um adopt like a nonprofit, you can help, you know, adopt a group home. You mm-hmm. can serve. It's so many ways to serve, but really I'm um, just recruiting. If every single church in our state took on one foster child, we probably wouldn't need the
1: system. That's a incredible point. And so even though um, we all can't do everything, right? but everyone can do something and every church can do something. And yes. I think, you know, Love AZ 127, hope to have Katie on, on soon. Okay. She actually, um, she hasn't been on either, so she should be on soon. Um, but the work that they're doing is to, the 127 goes back to James 127, yes. to the true religion. And so that's our heart. And that's one of the reasons I even have this show is that I want the church and God's people to be serving the most vulnerable. And Barisha, you're a great example of that. I really appreciate you sharing your story. It's a lot of new information for me really appreciate your heart and your ministry. Anyone any way anyone can connect with what the work you're doing just a uh, shout out to your webpage or something. That's and if not that's okay. Just You
2: can go to www.fosteringadvocatesarizona.com. You can go to that and you can learn more about the young people that are advocating um it's so much. You can look me up on Facebook. <laughs> Barisha, Google me.
1: Barisha Black. There. Okay, Barisha, thank, <laughs> thank you so much for being here on Counterculture. God bless you and your ministry. Thank you. Thank you for listening today. Counterculture is made possible by Care Portal, helping local churches
0: help children and families in crisis. Sign up you and your church today at careportal.org. This program was sponsored by Care Portal